Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Comes to the zone. Nice move. Knocked off his scores. Oh, wow. He just did a spin move. He had the shot. It came right back to him. He did a little spin move in the circle and backhanded it past a shock Dobis. And Savoy with his second goal of the game. Man, Paul Hamilton. What a call. Paul Hamilton on the call there as the Sabres prospects yesterday beating the Canadians prospects 6-3. to Hey, thanks. At Harbor uh, Center. Thanks for passing on Yuri Kulich, Montreal. Yeah, seriously. Um, even though that was Matt Savoy with well, the second of his two goals right. last night, uh, a nice, fun little dipsy doodle that has everyone, uh, everyone on Sabres Twitter at least, uh, all the way back. Uh, I mean, there were there were <laughs> there were multiple moments where it was like, "Wow, that's a, the goal of the game," or "That's the the pass of the like." It, it just they looked all like so in sync. Not even just Benson and Savoy. Just other prospects, too. They all look so linked up, and just the chemistry was fantastic. Like, it's just... It, I'm, I'm here. They're I'm, fun. I'm, uh, when is September or October 12th? Sabres-Rangers. Um, it's on October 12th. I know. It's 26 days away. We are Rasmus-Dialing days away from hockey. But one could say we're even Thomas Vanek days away. One can say we are even... I'll get back to you on... Ooh, Matt Molson. There it is. There it is. Drought saber of the day, Matt Molson. Right on time for Anthony Scandra of Expected uh, expected Buffalo to join us as we are Rasmus Dahlin slash Thomas Vanek slash Matt Molson days away from the Sabres season opener. Anthony, it has been a bit, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Derek. How are you doing? Um, I was told it's Matt Molson days away from the opener. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to age myself. I'm Derek Plant days away. Right now. Ooh, there we Ooh, go. That's a good one. See, we can have some fun with this. I every <laughs> every week when we do this show, I think we now get need to uh, keep doing that because I'm looking at the board and Joe does this yeah, every morning. Joe didn't update it. He went away for it's, Thursday and Friday. It was yeah, Jason uh, Pommel. It, it says Jason Pommel on there, but now we're 26 days away and. Uh, we have some fun with some Sabres numbers. Speaking of Sabres and numbers, that couldn't have been a better transition for expected Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, last night the Prospects Challenge got started, and every one of those highly touted first-rounders showed up last night as expected. Yeah, they were all fantastic. Uh, Savoy really really kind of took over the game at one point. Um 
Rosine looked really good. Kulik looked good. Yeah, I don't think anyone, any one of the highly touted guys really, you could say, disappointed. I mean, they were all pretty fantastic. One thing I noticed was the connection between Kisikov and Noichev. I mean, mm-hmm. they looked really on point, and Noichev just has a great shot. But, I mean, what are your thoughts there on how they're going to evolve this season in Rochester? Because I, I think Noichev's coming over this season, correct? I believe that is the case, yes. So it's interesting. I was reading a quote after the game from, from Tyson Kozak, who, who centered the two of them, and uh, he was basically saying, I forget which one, but he, he was one of them speaks English better than the other. So Kozak was using him as, as kind of a translator, right, to express to the other what he what, what the plan was, right, pre-face-off. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, but, but I thought that uh, that whole line looked really, really nice last night. Um, yeah, you know, I think that first year in Rochester is going to be – it's important for any prospect, and, uh, you know, particularly for those two. Um, it's good to have a, let's say, counterpart, right, uh, who, who kind of understands your language and, and stuff like that. I know that the Sabres struggled that in years with uh, Victor Antipin, right, where they didn't have another Russian, and so he, he kind of felt like he was on an island personally. So, um, yeah, it'll be great for, for both of them to uh, to have each other there. So I – like everybody else, and you know, looking at this very deep prospect pool of forwards the Sabres have, I'm, I'm expecting and hoping for great things for both of them. One other guy I noticed, and this was a guy they brought in as like an undrafted rookie pretty much, was Zach Metza. He played on Quinnipiac mm. in college. I, I, there's a lot of defensemen on the Sabres prospect pool and on the Sabres team, but Metza looks like he looks so much different than all the other prospects they have in terms of defense. What do you make of him? I mean, do you think he really has a shot at making the Sabres team, or is he maybe just going to be, unfortunately, one of those prospects that's going to get away just because of the talent that's on the team? Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably an AHL guy. I mean, he, he's fantastic, by the way. I mean, I, I loved what I saw from him, you know, late last year and, and you know, what I was able to catch him at, at Quinnipiac. But he's 24. Uh, you know, he, if, he, if he does make it to the NHL, it's probably as a fringe guy, right? I think. Taylor Fadoon, Justin Falk, not the good, like not the all-star Justin Falk, the one that used to be on the Sabres FALK, but um, you know he, he's he's solid though. He could be a very solid, good defensive defenseman for the Amherst, and who knows, maybe he gets a call up, he gets an opportunity if injuries hit, and he makes an NHL career for himself. But like you said, his defensive game is mature. It's very good. It looks like that of a guy who played four NCAA seasons, right, and was asked to do that for four years, uh, not so much someone who you know was playing a lot of offensive zone starts or, or, you know, benefited from a ton of power play minutes. He's just a well-rounded defenseman, but, you know, we'll see if he can leverage that at the next level. Um, like I said, last year, he, he showed some things that, that he could be in an AHL stalwart, let's say, and, and who knows, maybe he does take it to that next step and becomes an NHL player. But um, like I said, he's a little older, but, you know, you never know. Anthony Scandra, expected Buffalo, joining us on the West Her Hotline. I have a question that I want to ask my uh, my Sabers people all throughout the uh, all throughout the day. Anyone that would want to call in, anything like this, and it's this: um, of the five highly touted first rounders, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you which of them do you feel strongest about having a Sabers uniform on the ice being introduced on opening game. Um, I don't. So I'm going to preface this by saying I don't feel strongly that any of them will. Okay. Necessarily. Um, but if I had to pick one, I probably feel strongest about Savoy. 
I think that uh, Kulik, right, for, for as great and excellent as he was for the Amherst last year, I, I get the, the vibe, right, that their their plan is to have him at least start in Rochester again, which I don't think is the wrong move necessarily. Um, but Savoy, man, just watching him yesterday, and, and I think Rosine is, a, is probably a close second. Uh, the, the two of them stood out to me as the two best players on the ice uh, in that game last night, and um, Savoy looks ready, man. He, he just looks ready to, to steal a spot, so... Uh, if you're asking me to choose who my guy is, I think it's Savoy, though I don't know that any of them have like an excellent chance, right, or, or let's say better than 50% odds. I don't know that that's the case. But if I'm picking one, give me Savoy with Rosine right behind him. What's next for a guy like Ryan Johnson? I mean, like I said before, there's a lot of a lot of defensemen in his way, but he looks like what the Sabres wanted him to be. I mean, I, I think he can eventually be something good, but – I mean, it's going to be a tough road for him. What do you think is next for him here? I mean, how well does he have to play in the AHL to maybe warrant, like, jumping over, I don't know, maybe somebody like Henry Okiharu or something like that? I mean, it's it's just it's a hard road for him to get to the NHL at this point. Yeah, I think like so many of the Sabres prospects, right, and it seems to be almost a, a, a policy for them that your your first year in Rochester, you're basically spending the year there, right? And I don't think that Ryan Johnson is going to be any different in that regard. Um, while I do think he could serve, in, you know, in, in a pinch right at the NHL level right now, I think he's very well-rounded and, and frankly underrated. Uh, I think the Sabres like to have that full first year in Rochester, right? Let's get a gauge of what he can do, where he, what he's got to work on, and, and just, you know, do it at that level, which, which I don't have a problem with. It seems to be working. So... I, I think that next year that kind of, let's say, fringe depth, which the Sabres have so much of right now, really thins out, and he either becomes that fringe depth, like your first call-up guy for next season, or he becomes a third line or your third-pairing defenseman. So, um, like I said, though, I, I mean, injuries happen, and we, we saw last year they had, you know, I think four defensemen down at one time. So if that happens, welcome up, man. I mean, you're, you're the guy. So, I mean, you've got Clegg in front of him. You've got other fringe guys. Lubushkin's out of his way, which is which is good. That's one hurdle down, right? So um, I think unless significant injuries strike, he'll probably spend the year in Rochester. But as we've seen before in Sabres history, injury r- rashes of injuries happen on that back end. So um, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But I think the uh, the year in Rochester, Rochester will benefit him well. Uh, he's, you know, obviously coming out of four very, very strong and, and – um, let's say, successful years in the NCAA. So, you know, again, it's just that kind of methodical approach to seeing what he's got at this next step, analyzing in the offseason, letting him compete again next year. Anthony Scandra joining us here as we uh, talk some Sabres prospects. That tournament continues on throughout this weekend. Sabres and Devils tonight, you can hear that actually right here on WGR. Anthony, I'm going to be that guy, uh, and I'm going to look at the uh, the season that is to come. And Okay. I need to know just how much this team is going to be able to build off of the last season and how much of this, really, there's going to be so much talk about Devin Levi. Devin Levi, the new face of the franchise in in net. Um, I'm starting to wonder something, though, and this is where I need you to help me out with it. Off the air before the show, Tanner was mentioning Ukapekalukunin and how the pressure could be off of him expected to be that guy now that's not the case anymore how much better do you think that might actually allow him to be 
uh, as a guy who will have to face less ice time and now not even have to be the guy? Uh, well, I'm I'm definitely not going to try and do a psychological analysis yeah. on an NHL goaltender because uh, <laughs> they're all very different, and uh, that's usually a, an act of futility to try. Um, I, sure, maybe, yeah, maybe not having that pressure as the top goalie prospect or let's say most NHL-ready goalie prospect, right, in the system will 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 have an effect, right? Maybe he feels he can be a little more behind the scenes and. I don't know, uh, out of the spotlight. So, yeah, sure, maybe. It depends on the type of person he is, which I, I can't really speak to. Um, but, yeah, like, like you mentioned, though, with the goalies, I mean, they're the, the Sabres season, quite frankly, rests on Devin Levi's readiness or Uko Pekalukin's growth, if you want to go there, right? Those guys need to perform, and, and that's going to be the key difference. You saw this NHL offseason was – overall extraordinarily uneventful um so while the Sabres didn't make the significant moves that that many of us wanted to see made right you can't blame them for that because nobody really did anything so Connor Clifton being your big move if you'd have told me that in January or I guess December of last year uh, I'd have been probably groaning pretty loud like oh no that's all they did but given the circumstances like okay well that's pretty par for the course then um so, 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 you know, no big changes to the forward group. You've got Jack Quinn, who's probably going to miss the first 30-ish games of the year. You have some reinforcements on defense. Eric Johnson's a little older, but he's got, you know, some leadership acumen, while the on-ice stuff maybe isn't as strong as it once was. Connor Clifton is probably an underrated guy who, who is definitely probably an analytics pick, which I, I like. You know, he's decent. Uh, I think he can serve in a second-line role, or second-pairing role, rather. He did that for Boston last year. Um, there's a narrative that he was exclusively third-pairing, and that's not true. Uh, if you look at the stats, his, his time on ice was definitely that of a second-pairing defenseman. Same goes for quality of competition and things of that nature, which I don't want to bore you with. But, um, yeah, largely, though, it's it's a pretty similar team, big difference being Devin Levi's the goalie. And can he be that kind of superhero, you know, Sith Lord that we saw at the end of last season and we saw for, for years at, at Northwestern? Um, I don't know, or Northeastern, I'm sorry, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. It's young goalies are a mixed bag. Goalies in general are a mixed bag. And what he and Luke can do, I mean, Luke could be that goalie who at age 24, or 25, whatever he is now, just magically figures it out after years of futility. They do that sometimes, right? And Levi could start strong and, oh my God, he's never played more than 40 games in a given season and kind of peters out midway. You never know. So it's risky, it's intriguing, and uh, it is the most significant storyline around this team heading into the year. Sticking with the the lineup of the Sabres going into this season, there was one free agent that you and Chad both were clamoring a lot for, as, lo- as well as other people mm-hmm. on Sabres Twitter, uh, Thomas Tatar. Thomas Tatar. <laughs> <laughs> so with Jack Quinn <laughs> being out until probably at least December and with basically no free agents left on the table, what do you think is – the solution to fill the hole of Jack Quinn. Like, I mean, it's, it's looking like Victor Olofsson and I don't like that at all. So Chad brought something up uh, when we did a little live stream earlier this week that I hadn't considered that is interesting, not necessarily a great idea, but interesting. Maybe it's not Olofsson. It They may be thinking Greenway will fill into that role to start. While they're not similar players, and I know everyone thinks Jack Quinn shot, Victor Olsen shot, you know, okay, he's just a, a poor man's Quinn in terms of skill set. Um, yeah, but they might not be looking to replace the skill set. They might be looking to do something completely different while he's out and kind of readjust their approach once he's back. 
one thing about Don Granado is he adapts his quote-unquote system. He adapts his approach, I'll say. That's probably a better way to put it, to the players at his disposal. That's why he's been able to get more out of players than Ralph Kruger was because Kruger was the other way, right? He made players conform to a system whether they were a fit or not. Don Granado does it the polar opposite way. So I don't know that he would lose a guy like Jack Quinn and say, okay, well, we're going to stick to what we're doing on that line who's my closest Quinn, he may say, well, we're going to do something totally different on this line to match the skill sets I have and the talent I have at my disposal. So I think maybe we're wearing horse blinders. I, I'm guilty of two and saying like, oh, yeah, obviously Olofsson is the natural fill-in there. I don't know that that's true. And I, I thought Chad's um, speculation of potentially Greenway being that guy and them just maybe kind of revamping, let's say, their, how they attack on that second line, there may be something to that. So – uh, I'll be interested to see. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Olsen, and uh, I don't think he's a very well-rounded player, and he's he's not Jack Quinn. So you're going to have neither is Jordan Greenway, quite frankly. So you're going to have some skill set drop off there inevitably. But uh, I'll be interested to see how Granado, the tactician, handles this. Real quick, um, my eye is still twitching because you said Ralph Kruger. Um, just gonna I'm sorry. That, just gonna let I'm sorry. Right there. We shouldn't do that anymore. It's like Voldemort. He who shall not be named. <laughs> so real, real quick, didn't Greenway play with Cousins last year for? It felt like like a, a week or two of games. The two of them played together, and and it they had some success, right? Because they're both kind of bigger players that are more on the physical side of things. So theoretically, that could work rather well. Yeah, potentially. So, I mean, I think Greenway bounced around to start. I'm actually I'm, I'm cheating a little bit just because I, I want to actually answer your question properly. So I'm uh, I'm looking this up as I speak because I, I really don't exactly remember how much time they played. That's the power of live radio. Perfectly, perfectly honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep everybody on their toes. Listen, you're not, you're not going to gotch me, Kramer, okay? I didn't ask the question. No, no, no. I didn't got do me. it. You think you've got Why am I getting I'm blamed? <laughs> Because it's you, because you're the guy. Oh, you're the guy. So they played. So, so Cousins and Greenway uh, were on the ice for 64 minutes together at, at even strength. So a decent amount of time. They, they appeared at least in part in 17 games, which that could mean like an overlapping shift. So nothing there. But um, their expected goal rate in that time was right around 50%. So decent, um, solid, right? So I think Dylan Cousins, though, I mean, to the larger point, is a guy who – He's going to become that type of center, in my opinion, who you he can work with anybody. I think he's so well-rounded. He's going to become such a good two-way presence that I don't know that there's a skill set fit who wouldn't work with him, right? I just think he's he's got that um, he, that he's they got that ambidextrousness to his game where, uh, and I think he's so smart, so intelligent as a player that he's going to be able to adapt and and be who he is regardless of who his linemate is. He's going to be. He's going to be one of those traditional like elevators, right? He's going to elevate those around him, make them look great. And then when they're not with him, it's like, oh, okay, that guy turned back into a pumpkin, right? I feel that he's got, he's that prototype of guy. I think in two, three years, maybe even sooner, we're going to be saying that about him and his value is going to become even more apparent. I mean, he had his sort of a breakout year last year, 68 points in 81 games. And I think that's only going to continue to climb. Um, for me, I think, I love Tage Thompson, but if you're asking me who I'd start a franchise with uh, of the Sabres centers and i got to pick one, I think I'd probably pick Dylan Cousins. Love I know. Love I'm a Thompson it. guy. You guys know that. I'm a huge Tage Thompson fan. What are you um, talking about? The pterodactyl? That wasn't, you're the king that wasn't of the pterodactyls. You. That wasn't you. Yeah, that was, that, no, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. <laughs> that was Chad, right? 
Yeah, it was Chet. Chet it was Chet. One, of you, one of you number nerds. Yeah, it was one of those dorks. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, Dylan Cousins is, is he's probably my favorite forward on this team just to watch, right? I just appreciate his game so much. So um, if you are going to, you know, like we I was talking about before, if Don Granado is going to pick a line that's got to kind of adjust their approach, I think you've got the centerman to do it on that second line. So um, we'll see just how much, you know, of a – Cousins Quinn dynamic was was relevant, I guess, in terms of how that line operated last year. If you insert someone else and they fall apart, which that's concerning, or if they continue to have success, I think that speaks even more towards who Cousins is and who he's becoming as a player. Anthony, I wish we had more time. Um, and <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? And that's the problem with a three-hour show is that um, it's only three hours. So uh, thank you, though, for joining us as always. And um, – you know what to do from here. I do. I do. Yeah. You could find our work at expectedbuffalo.com. Uh, follow us at uh, xbuffalo, I think we are, on Twitter. I probably should know our Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we've got we're, the content machine is going to start ramping back up here. And, uh, yeah, Eddie, Chad, and myself, we're all very excited for what is going to hopefully be a very competitive, exciting season for the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, just because you're one of my favorites, uh, I've got your back. It's at expected Buffalo. It's just the name is X Buffalo. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The name is X Buffalo. We're yes. at expected Buffalo. Got there it. you go. Don't worry. I've got Chad, you here. Chad. Chad's listening right now. Just, just ringing this. <laughs> <at him>, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anthony, you know, I've got your back. So uh, thank you as always, my friend. It. And uh, we'll talk as, uh, as we get toward like, I don't know, maybe um, Doug Bodger days to the opener. Oh, man, that sounds great. Yeah. Number six, is that where we're at? Yeah. Was he six or eight? I think it was eight. I have a list eight of the hours. numbers pulled up yeah. right I now. Knew he, I knew he was a single digit even number. I that's, almost had it. That that, that's the bit right there is that we, once we get to that's single digits, I'm sure we'll be now. talking. Doug Bodger was not six. He was eight, wasn't he? Yep. He was Darn. eight. Well, yep. Eight, yeah. All right, I got anyway. this. All right. All right, Anthony. It's always good talking to you, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds great, boys. Go Sabres, go Bills. Go Sabres, go Bills. Anthony Scandra of Expected Buffalo on the West Her Hotline. I'm going to pull something that usually I don't, um, but it is time to get connected with our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at northtownkia.com for the new Kia Forte, Sportage, and Telluride. You want to know why I'm doing this? Because now it's your turn, everyone. 803-0551, as we get ourselves ready for Bills and Raiders, and we're going to jump out to New Mexico. And Pat, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Hi, um, this is Pat, all the way out from New Mexico. And um, I just have three quick questions on the game. Um, how do you think, my first question is, how do you think we're going to stop Max Crosby? I know he has nine or ten stacks a, se- um, a season on his career. I know he's a force to be reckoned with. And my other question is, also, um, how do you think we're going to stop Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs? I know Josh Jacobs is a little better than Brees Hall, or at least has more experience. And Brees Hall got an 80-yard touchdown on us. And also, Devontae Adams is is going to be pretty good. I know their other wide receiver is injured, so they're going to lean on him a lot. Do you think we're going to double-team him or, or put more guys in the box to stop the run? So, Pat, first of all, thank you for calling. And uh, here's how I'm going to break this down. One, Max Crosby, that's a problem, especially he's if he's scary. lined up especially if he's lined up against Spencer Brown. I have no faith in the Bills' right tackle right now, and we'll get to more of that later. Um, two, 
Devonte Adams. Well, actually, one thing about Max Crosby, um, Chandler Jones being out, that's one way to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's lined up on Spencer Brown, I have no faith, and there's going to be problems. Uh, but moving on, Devontae Adams, I think the Bills' secondary is deep enough that they're not going to worry about it. Matt Perino talked with us last hour. He said he's going to get his, and I believe that, but it shouldn't be da- as damaging. What is the biggest way to make sure you can survive wide receiver one having a good game? Shut down the rest of the wide receiver core. That's what the Jets did. Sauce Gardner got lost in the sauce last week against Stephon Diggs, and the Bills still lost. So the issue is managing to defeat the other players on the wide receiving core. Josh Jacobs, we're going to see. If the Bills can force the Raiders out of a positive game script for them, then they're going to be able to take him out of the equation. So it's about the offense jumping out to to a bigger lead to start the game. 803-0551, 8030551888552550. We had to do a break, but now it's your turn. Uh Bills Raiders, Sabres Prospects Tournament, anything you've got, we're ready for it and we're ready for you. Derek Kramer, Josh Schmidt, more sports talk Saturday on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.